Ask got the word one three. <laughs> Ooh, I, did you tell her I got it in two? No, no one cares. You don't want to be like you don't want to be like that woman we met today. No, no, well, that's okay. That's I the, just, yeah. I just got crowing shamed. about. Yeah, crowing about getting the world into is the slippery slope that leads you to where that woman is. Okay, you don't want to do that. <laughs> no, we do not want to go there. You are absolutely correct, Chuck Kaplinski. Thank you, and on that note. Welcome to Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. We've had an exciting and very, very busy week, haven't we? Yeah, and it's been a couple busy weeks. I mean, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's, uh, you know, sometimes uh, life gets in the way. It does. It does. And that's okay. So we're going to play a little catch up on life right now. Not going to put a little catch up on life, but we're going to play catch up. So where do you want to start today? I don't know. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, do we want to start light or heavy? Let's start light. Okay. Well, how about uh, confess Fletch then? Let's say. And so, so we are both chuckling because we neither one of us can say confess Fletch, Fletch. <laughs> Fletch as Marsha J. Harden in her character of the Countess says Fletch. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So, so this is. And I had forgotten that Chevy Chase was Fletch. Completely. You know why? Why? Because it's they're forgettable. Apparently so. I think John Hamm actually elevates it a little bit and brings it out of that slapstick stupidity into something that's just fun. And to well, me, he's the, a much better actor. Okay, I'll give you that too. Yeah, and and you know, John Hamm really is a very versatile actor. He can. In my mind, do it all. Did I ever tell you the story about running into him on the streets of Park City? I'll tell you about that another time, but remind me to tell you. You, you have told me, but I would willingly hear it again. <laughs> that's um, a good story. Yeah, John Hamm just shows us that he can do anything and everything. And I think he really does elevate the role of Fletch. And Fletch is this kind of bumbling journalist who stumbled. Uh, no, 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 no. What? He's he's an investigative in journalist of some renown. Of some renown, not a lot of renown, <laughs> just some. <laughs> um, and those those are the like key little quips that are made during the entire film that just make you laugh out loud. And he plays Fletch. Um, I am Fletch, <laughs> um, <laughs> who stumbles upon a murder he is renting out a place and there's a bottle of wine there's a welcome note and oopsie daisy there happens to be a dead body in the middle well turns out that this dead body in the middle of his living room as um detective uh monroe and his trainee grizz played by ray wood and aiden mayari um who who has a great role in this by the way um both of them together and then interacting with Fletch, who is the prime suspect in this murder because he called this murder in and he is at this apartment where there is a murder victim. Turns out there's also a piece of stolen art and a the father of Fletch's girlfriend, Angela, played by Lorenza Izzo, who has been kidnapped. And the ransom is this Picasso painting. So it's a convoluted story all these crazy characters come together. And even though Fletch is the prime suspect, he thinks he's actually the prime investigator here and mm -hmm. he is going to solve the murder. This is just downright 
fun. And we've got yeah. people like Kyle McLaughlin, um, Marsha Gay Harden, who plays the Countess. Countess, the, yes. The Countess. And oh my goodness, does she have fun and what I would do for the role that she played in this. Uh, John Slattery and um, I mean, just an incredible uh, cast of characters. And the woman who plays this babbling next door neighbor, Eve, Annie mm -hmm. Molo. She's, oh my gosh. She steals that scene. God, so I much was fun. laughing out loud. <laughs> right? So this yes. was just, it was just nonstop fun. It is silly. Yes, it is total escapism. It never takes itself too seriously, but it remembers to tell a story. And I really give this film a lot of credit. Me too. I, I can't remember the last time I had so much fun. Right? And it was exactly what I needed when I saw it. Um, yeah, Hannah's great. And I, you know, I know that I think there's nine books in this series. Uh, and I'm hoping somehow or another he does this a, a couple more times. I hope so, uh, too. I, yeah, I would love to see him in this role. Chevy Chase times. did two Fletch movies. Is that right? Right. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. second one was such a bomb that he, like, disappeared after that, right? Yeah, they, they gave up the films at that point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I tell you, I wasn't expecting much, but boy, I was thoroughly entertained. And you know what? In the end, it doesn't matter who killed the girl. It doesn't matter who stole the paintings. I mean, that's just I, I don't the MacGuffin. Even remember. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the MacGuffin to get things moving. Right. It, it's all about character interactions. And, uh, and, and, and just, you know, all these characters are just fodder for Fletch's, you know, acerbic humor. And uh, yeah, I would watch this again, quite frankly. And I, I, I usually don't say that. It was a lot of fun. It was. I'm, I'm Oh my God, Chuck, what's happening? We're agreeing on movies. Well, I think that's going to end real quickly. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so why don't you take us to the next one then? Well, you know, it's funny. We've got two uh, murder mysteries this week. Right. Uh, confess, confess, Fletch. Boy, <laughs> Can you say it say. again for me, please? <laughs> confess, Fletch. Confess, Fletch. Confess, Fletch. There you go. Oh, I almost made it. <laughs> Fletch. And then uh, see how they run. Okay. And see how they run. I... I you know, I watched the commercials, I watched the trailers and everything, and I was like, wow, this is a Wes Anderson film. Right. Because it certainly has that that visual look to it. I mean, there's no question about it. It has, you know, a wide cast, uh, a couple big names, not the sorts of names that Anderson is able to pull in, but a diverse right. cast. And it just it just has that whole feel to it. I thought from looking at the trailer, but I, I thought it felt a little bit different as I watched this movie. Uh, we've got Sam Rockwell and he plays uh, an inspector uh, in um, England. We're talking post um, World War II, 1950s, Inspector Stoddard. Uh, and he has been partnered with Constable Stalker played by Circe Ronan. Uh, and they couldn't be more opposite. <clears throat> and they have to solve a mystery that takes place in a theater, the theater where Agatha Christie's Mousetrap is in its run. Uh, and a film director has been brought in, played by Adrian uh, Brody by the name of Leo Kopernick, and he's been murdered. Uh, he wants to change this uh, play drastically when he adapts it into a film, and in doing so, he has upset quite a few people, uh, including uh, Marvin Norris, played by David Oyelo, 
who is the uh, playwright or the uh, guy who wrote the screenplay for the film. He wants to make changes uh, which aren't good. Uh, Ruth Wilson plays uh, Petula Spencer, who owns the theater, and she has her own reasons for wanting this movie not to be made. Uh, and then there's Richard Attenborough, the real actor played by Harrison Dickinson. And he takes offense when uh, the director starts uh, flirting with his wife, uh, Sheila Sim, played by Ch Pearl Chanda. So we've got plenty of suspects. <clears throat> uh, and But the thing, the thing that I think makes this movie work for me is the uh, interactions between Rockwell and Ronan. Uh, to me, they're the whole film. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he, he has a past. Uh, he's a bit of a drinker. Uh, there's a few things going on. He's cynical. He, it's a struggle for him to get to the through the day. And she is just this bundle of energy. She's so eager. She's so innocent. She wants to solve this crime. And she always thinks it's this, that, and the other. And he says, no, 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 don't jump to conclusions. Don't jump. And I love the backstory that um, the screenwriter, Mark Chappell, uh, gave them. Uh, they're not just cardboard characters. We get to know them. We get to know what makes them tick. And I like them so much, I would love to see this pair as well in other movies to see how their characters develop. Not in a romantic way. I don't think that's appropriate. No, 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 no. Uh -uh. But just to see their interactions grow, I thought, I think would be really, really interesting. And the one thing I liked about the film is just how postmodern it is. I mean, it sets out, it tells you exactly what a mystery is. And then it deconstructs all those elements of the mystery. And then it gives us a mystery as well. So there's a lot of layers going on. And, and, and you've got a lot of fiction and reality uh, uh, colliding. I looked it up. Attenborough and Sim apparently were in the original production of The Mousetrap. Okay. They were, they were actually in this thing. Uh, it's based on an actual uh, murder. And when you look at, um, you know, uh, um, Rockwell's character is named Stoppard. Well, Tom Stoppard's a playwright, and he writes, you know, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Shakespeare is in love. All these things are works in which things are deconstructed there. Okay. He's, he's deconstructing this crime. Uh, so there's a lot of layers going on, and I, I was really happy with that. It, it intrigued me. It kept me uh, entertained throughout, even though you know what's going to happen, because they tell you what's going to happen. Sure. Uh, I still liked where this whole thing ended up. And again, I'd love to see these two characters uh, again. I know you didn't like it as much, uh, but I, I really I really had a good time with See How They Run. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed the, and I'm going to break it down into three acts like a play. And the first act I thought was incredible. I thought the editing was sharp. I thought the dialogue was quick. Everything had a purpose and it was, you had to really stay on your toes to figure out what was going on and what was being said. And it was linguistically complex, unnecessarily so, which was fun. And it, and it brought us back to that time period, visually, aesthetically, and, and linguistically as well. So that was a lot of fun. And then I felt like in the second act, it just kind of lost its pacing and its energy. And yes, there's the, a shift in tone. There's there's there no is. question. There, there's and, a shift in tone. Yeah. And I and I think it, it just kind of lost me in that second act and it didn't intrigue me the same way. I think the the narration by Adrian Brody's character decreased at that point because that really tied in the whole concept of mousetrap with what was happening in this movie, <laughs> the parallel lines that were drawn. 
And all of a sudden mm -hmm. I felt like the training wheels were taken off and I wanted the training wheels put back on because I wanted somebody to hold my hand and make those silly observations and those crazy parallel narratives obvious and fun to me. Mm -hmm. So I liked it. I thought that it needed a couple more rewrites as we've always said. Anyone in Hollywood is listening and would like our services, we are for mm -hmm. hire. We are not cheap, so hire us. Right. <laughs> we'll make your movie better. Make it be we'll make it better. No doubt. Well, and, and I really think that it, this had so much potential to be so much more, and I was disappointed mm. overall. Um, I did have fun in the beginning, and the end was exactly what I thought it would be. And you're right, though. I really like the idea of. Saoirse Ronan and Sam, Sam Rockwell and their characters coming back together to solve more mysteries. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope they do it. I doubt they will because, you know, this is going to need to make a lot of money, which it won't, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, I liked it more than you did. So, yep. but, you know, two good mysteries this week, I think, anyway. It's kind of cool. Two whodunits, you know? Yeah. So where are we headed now? More serious I, I territory? Uh, you know what? Before we hit serious territory... I would like to say who won five packages. We have winners, we have winners, which is really cool. Okay, so something else that's coming out that I haven't seen yet, and I don't think you have either. It's on Amazon Prime. No, it opens yeah. up, I think tonight or tomorrow. Um, Good Night, Mommy. It's a remake of the 2014 Austrian film about a mother who's had some plastic surgery. Her, her children come home to her country estate to visit and spend the summer with her. Mom is acting differently, a little too differently. And the boys begin to question whether or not this is really mommy. This is a psychological thriller. And as I said before, this is a remake and is now starring Naomi Watts. I have not watched it yet. I don't know how the remake is. Um, but to celebrate the remake, we have five winners who are, who are going to receive some really cool spa gifty package kind of thing. Um, so let me tell you who the winners are. Are you ready, Chuck? I'm unbated. I, I have bated breath. Please. All right. I, I could tell. I could tell. Annette McDonald-Jones, Tammy Howard, mm -hmm. Kathy Hickey, Heidi mm -hmm. Slyker Carter, and mm -hmm. Beth Sowers Sudlow. You five oh. will receive a great little gift bag filled with goodies for celebrating mom, which are spot. So oh, enjoy. Nice. And if you watch the movie on Amazon Prime, let us know what you think. And we will certainly let you know what we think when we yeah. see it. Yeah, we'll talk about that one next week, I think. Sounds good. Yeah. What else is on our list? I've kind of lost track of things. It's been a crazy week, Chuck. Uh, God's Country. Oh, let's talk and about the, that. And the Silent Twins. Ooh, so, uh, let's talk about that. Oh my gosh, we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. So Where take it away on God's Country. All right, so let's take a look at who's in God's Country. God's Country was a part of the Sundance Film Festival uh, this year. And were you able to see it during that time, Chuck? No, I caught it uh, last week. Okay, uh, all right. We, we I saw it. half yeah. of it and then my link expired, so I didn't see the whole thing. So I rewatched the first half and obviously the second half. Um, it stars Thandie Newton as Sandra. And she lives in a remote area, kind of out in the boonies, beautiful area of the country. And mm -hmm. she plays a professor at a local university. She has just lost her mother, who apparently had some sort of a debilitating, debilitating disease 
And she's now in this beautiful um, home out in the middle of nowhere existing. Um, there are two people who come and uh, hunt on her property. They park in her driveway. And that's uh, Nathan played by Joris Jarsky and Samuel played by Jefferson White. Um, what great casting, especially on Samuel. Um, somebody who just doesn't really give two shits about anybody else and neither does Nathan. They feel entitled to be able to park wherever the hell they want to. And the fact that Sandra is female and maybe because Sandra is an outsider and that she is obviously not white, maybe mm -hmm. that has a lot to do with it as well, but they feel that they are entitled to be able to park wherever they want and do whatever they want to. She has, I don't want to say politely ask them not to park there, but she has definitely said, keep off my property and be respectful of the fact that you shouldn't park here without my permission. Um, man, this, this delves into sexism, racism, um, maybe even a little bit of animal rights and environmentalism. Um, there is so much to unpack in this as she attempts to navigate this this new life that she has and then we find out a little bit about what her past life was when she feels attacked by these people who are invading her territory yeah you know there's there's a lot going on here uh and <clears throat> you have to be patient with it uh, th this is a slow burn movie uh i don't think this has anything to do with them her them parking on her land you know, that's that's something that triggers her. I mean, this you're you're seeing. I think you're, we're seeing a reaction to this character of long-held resentments uh, being pushed aside because of her race, because of her sex over the course of years. Right. And this is finally just bubbling up now, also because of the death of her mother. And when we find out more about the mother as well, which is so wonderfully done, the hints that yeah. we get. That, oh that my gosh! Just beautifully done. Isn't it? Done. Um, you know, I remember my, my father telling me once he wrote, he uh, read about a couple who got divorced because uh, the wife didn't like the fact that the husband kept the cap off the toothpaste. And he said, you know, that's not about the cap off the toothpaste. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the same thing here. There's, you know, so much going on. And we see this um, because she's a college professor. And they're trying to hire uh, a new professor in the department she's in. And she insists uh, that they need some more diversity, a person of color, maybe another woman. And of course she's shut down there as well. And, and that's a breaking point. Uh, it's a really good performance because it's, there's a lot underneath it. It yeah. really is. And, and, and you bring that up when, when they are meeting and discussing and the other woman, one other yes. woman besides yes. her, she's white, brings up the fact that they need to really think about who they're bringing in. And she says it in a very delicate and kind right. way. And, and, and to me, that's, that's female communication. Why can't we just be a little bit more forward and direct? We have to take the pretty way and the softer way in order to bring our ideas to the table. That was beautifully and eloquently done. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. the next time they meet and, and Sandra is shot down, you can just see her like pull back into herself. I mean, incredible performance to really 
show what it's like when you're in a room full of men and you're like one of the few females and you really want to get your point across and you know it's going nowhere what do you do do you stand up and fight and you really make a a scene which she does do i was gonna say she 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 does and then what does that get her it gets her nothing yeah but but the crazy look and oh that's 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 the crazy woman yeah what a bitch yeah you know that that's the label then you get with that I mean, I think that beautifully articulates what probably every female has encountered. Sure, sure. And, and like I said, and, and there's that. And then there's the race thing, that right. whole issue. And then also the fact that, that you alluded to this. She's an outsider. Yes. She, she is a stranger in a strange land there. Um, you know, I, the, the guy, her neighbor, who is also the head of the English department where she's at. Whoa. Uh, university. And wow, that guy, he's a piece of work. But he does allude to the fact that, you know, well, this is just the way things are here. Right. You know. And, 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 and that, to, that eloquently comes around full circle. I loved that. Right. But he does have a point. You sure. Know, this is just the way it is. You know, yeah, you let him go, you hunt. It's no big deal. And it's a flaw. She makes a mistake in the way she handles that. I think because she's so angry and blinded by other things uh, and because she is an outsider, uh, I, she shouldn't be there. Yeah. You know, but, but that's uh, really sad. And, and how many people try and find a place in a new environment and do feel like an outsider and are never accepted into that and yeah. the obstacles yeah. that they come across. And this is dev- <clears throat> devastating. And then I, the ending, of course, which we can't really talk about. I don't want to see you. I don't want to say you see it coming, but it's completely logical. It, like I said, it comes full circle. Yeah, you know, it makes it, complete sense. Yeah, it does. I thought it was poetic. Yeah, you know, you you when you go about trying to make change, when you go about trying to function, and you run up against one brick wall after another, and you've got to then act like those around you you're left no choice. Right. And, and again, that's not to justify, but it's, you understand it. It is what it is. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I really loved this movie. And yeah. as I watched the first half for a second time, which was actually kind of nice to be able to do that because it really set the tone, set the foundation firmly so that I could be prepared for the, the second half of it. And I think you used right. the word contemplative. I think that's exactly yeah. the perfect way to describe it. I, I loved it. Yeah, movies called, again, God's Country. Uh, You can find that. I think it's an IFC film. uh, So you can find it on uh, video on demand. Uh, Well worth watching. Well worth seeking out. Uh, This is one that uh, will stick with you for a while. It certainly stuck with me for a while. I hope that we see this toward, I mean, we are getting close to Oscar time and awards time and Critics' Choice time. I hope that we see this in the running. We won't. Uh, but I'm hoping that perhaps the, uh, you know, independent spirit awards, that's, go. that's where it'll get recognized and hopefully it will. Cause yeah, right. it, it, uh, they do a good job of, of, uh, casting a wide net and certainly if for nothing else, uh, Newton's performance. Exactly. Really good. Yeah. So what else did you say we have? Uh, you, the, the movie that irritated you perhaps more than <gasps> any other movie. Oh, oh, oh Yes. <laughs> we've seen this year uh a movie called the silent twins silent twins 
And, and it would have been much better had they followed this title, you know, had they truly been <laughs> silent, I think things would have been much better overall. Uh, this is based on a true story of uh, two twins, uh, um, June and Jennifer Gibbons. And uh, their parents, were they from the Bahamas, I think? They were from a foreign country, Senegal, I, think maybe, from I don't know, something. Bahamas, Senegal, something. And the, the uh, parents had moved to Wales, uh, where they had a family and these girls were born. And, and I'm going to stop you for one quick second, because I think that is a flaw right there in the movie versus what we learned. So continue on. I want to come back to that, though. Because they didn't really give us that information. No. You're, yeah, you're right. And you're, and that is a big problem with this movie is that we we aren't given enough information or enough background about the family and right. about these girls. And I was not uh, aware of this term that you used to describe them. You call it self-mutism? Selective mutism, yeah. Selective yeah. mutism, yeah. 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 And we, we don't know why. We're not told, but these girls decide they're not going to talk except to each other, which they do when no one else is around. Uh, we see them as young girls uh, doing like radio plays that they record on tapes. Then they decide they send away for a writing course and they're going to, to write their stories. And, um, but, but if anyone else is around, they don't talk. Whether they go to school, family gatherings, it doesn't matter. Not one peep. And, you know, they get some services. They, they are examined. Doctors look at them and they're like, well, there's not really a whole heck of a lot we can do. But then once they hit their teenage years, they embark on a, a career of petty crimes. Uh, they fall in with uh, an American teenager, a boy who leads them down a bad, bad path. Arson is involved. Theft is involved. Theft is involved. Yeah. <laughs> and, drugs. Yeah, which I didn't want to see. Yeah. And uh, they are then committed to uh, this English mental hospital called Broadmoor. And they stay there for 11 years. Uh, and that's really where their renown comes from, is the case that emerged because of their prolonged stay there and the abuse that they endured, not because of their writing. Um, yeah, this, this movie, the, the director, um, and I can't pronounce uh, her name. She's a po Polish director. Uh, her name's uh, Agnieszka Smozinska. Uh, she just kind of, I, I, I know what she's trying to do here. She's trying to make the viewer see the world as the girls see the world. But she drops us right into the middle of this from the beginning, and you don't know what's going on. And I had... I, I think we both said at the end that we ended up having many more questions about what was happening than were answered. Yeah. And, and Chuck Kaplinsky, really, you can't pronounce her name. I know. I know. This is the, well, well, why don't you give it a try then? Agnieszka. That's what I said. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure the well, UN is calling for you I'm, to help with translation. I'm German. Okay. What do you want? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, this one, this one is a super frustrating film for me for many different reasons as a former speech language pathologist and as a film critic. Mm -hmm. Um, it irritated the heck out of me. Um, as a speech path, one of my first clients in a school was a child who chose to be mute. Generally, that is a psychological issue. That is that is psych and social work. That is a referral out. Let's see what's going on. It was the most frustrating case I think I have ever had in my entire life, besides one other aphasic patient that I worked with. Um, their 
speech drove me nuts. Okay, so this is where the director and writer really let everything fall through the cracks. When you go to Wikipedia to get information mm -hmm. about something and the mm -hmm. Wikipedia page is more interesting than the movie, yep. that's a problem. That's a problem. So what I learned was that these kids in this family moved from whatever foreign country it was. I don't remember what it was, but their accent was so heavy. No one could understand them. These girls had in this movie, and maybe they they replicated the girls' language skills, they had some articulation issues along with a, a dialectical difference um, that made them very difficult to understand, which is why they shut down, they retracted, they pulled away from being able to communicate with other people, which is why they chose to not talk. That was not addressed in this movie at all. Yeah, we don't no, know no, no. a lot about, we know that the family became frustrated by little pieces when the older siblings said, I'm sick of dealing with your shit. I hate the fact that you're not talking. You are, mm -hmm. you are mm -hmm. making my life miserable. You're making mom and dad's life miserable. I cannot stand this. And that was that. But we, and needed we, needed, more. we needed more of that. We needed to know where did this family come from? What were mom and dad trying to do? Why did they come here? Did they see these mm -hmm. issues? What did they try and do? Because we only saw it was a very narrow focal point. And yes, it is called the silent twins. We needed more than just the twins because this was no. just depravity. This was just like, this was so frustrating to watch this movie unfold because to me that it wasn't a story. And it no, was frustrating. No. Yeah, definitely one that uh, that you know. Again, you know, doing this job, it's not like we're digging ditches. It's not like it's horrible, horrible stuff. But this one taxed my patience, and like, yeah, yeah, this 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 is the type of thing that makes me want to go read a book. Right, right. You know, <laughs> but but sadly, this has a kernel of a great story to tell. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it wasn't told told well. I mean, Robert Redford's thing: find a good story, tell it well. And then the rest is just gravy on top, you know? Yep. He didn't exactly right. that way, but you know, you yeah. know, I know what you're talking about. He was a little more eloquent than, than I am being. <laughs> well, uh, next week, we are going to talk about a movie that a lot of people are talking about. Well, actually, they're not really talking about the movie. No, they are. They're talking about other stuff about the movie. Uh, Don't worry, darling, Olivia Wilde's. Um, Gosh, how do we even term this thing? Sophomore uh, film. How about that? Sure. Let's just go with that. Let's keep it general. Sophomore film. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, we'll both get to uh, the mother movie. Good night. The uh, Naomi Watts Good film. Good night, mommy. Yeah. Good night, mommy. We'll get to that. Uh, and also, uh, what else do we have next week? We might watch uh, The Railway Children Return. Actually, yes. I think either I or you and I have a, an interview coming up with one of the Someone's stars. Someone's got an interview. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so uh, but uh, yeah, I think we've got a lot to talk about as far as uh, the Olivia Wilde film uh, is concerned. A we surprise to me so much. in a lot of ways. And, and I would really like to share with audiences the experiences that we've gone through with our interview with Olivia Wilde that that is not an interview with Olivia Wilde. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and that's a shame. That's it, a shame. It, it is a shame. I, would re I really want to delve into this because I think this is truly a, an important film and an important event within the film industry and women at the helm. I think it's really right. important and to talk about. 
it's it, there's a it's a big ripple effect on this one and uh, yeah we'll delve into that uh, next week then all right that sounds good everybody thank you so much for listening to real talk with chuck and pam please share we would love to have you subscribe to real talk with chuck and pam.com take a look at our facebook page as well of course it's real talk with chuck and pam Ooh, look at that all right have a good weekend everybody